Well, I am privileged to be able to introduce someone that I've never met in the person, you know, close up, but uh, have, have learned about him uh, through uh, different means and, and uh, really consider it a privilege to have him join us today on this podcast. His name is Ron Sanderson. Ron, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks so much for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to share the good things God's doing today. Oh, that is good. Let me just tell you a little bit more about Ron. He works full-time in the medical field and is a professor of theology at Destiny School of Ministry. He's an advisory board member at the Art of Autism and the L Center of Excellence. Uh, Education-wise, he has a Master of Divinity from Oral Roberts University and is the author of A Parent's Guide to Autism, Practical Advice, and then Biblical Wisdom, published by Charisma House, and Views from the Spectrum. This is what blows me away. He has memorized over 15,000 scriptures, including 22 complete books of the New Testament. Uh, that's just awesome. He speaks at over 70 events a year, including 20-plus educational conferences. He and his wife, Kristen, reside in Rochester Hills, Michigan, on the east side of the state with her daughter, Michaela. So again, welcome, Ron. Thanks for joining us for these few minutes. No, thanks so much. So let's get right into it. Um, a lot of your, your your biography and your writings and so on deal with a subject that I don't know a ton about personally, autism. But apparently you were diagnosed at a younger age with autism and your parents were not given a real good prognosis for you. T tell us a little about that. So when I was diagnosed with autism, it was one in every 10,000 children be diagnosed. Just two weeks ago, that's now one in every 36 children be diagnosed with autism. And wow. when I was diagnosed, they told my parents I'd never read beyond the seventh grade level, never attend college, never have meaningful relationships, and never excel in sports. And my mom, being a great mom, Quit her job as an art teacher and became a full-time Ron teacher. And with her help, I was able to graduate from college or Master Divinity, perfect four-point grade point average. I went on to get married on December 7th, and I've been married now a decade. And for you history bus, that's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And having autism, being a preacher, I came in like a kamikaze, a whirlwind of fire. And then my daughter, McKay, was born um, 2000. 16 on March 20th, and she was born at 3.13 a.m., which is a Detroit area code. And <laughs> I went on to get full ride for track and cross country to college. But it really came down to my mom's faith in God and trusting my life to God. And she believed in Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see a man skilled in his labor? He was served before kings and not obscure men. And she knew if she could raise me biblically, Christ-centered, Develop my gifts. Those gifts would serve before kings and not obscure men, where in that time period, many people with disabilities, they were washing dishes or working as a bagging groceries. And she told the school experts, my son's going to be serving before many people and using his gifts like a Joseph. He's going to come out of the pit and out into the palace with his gifts. And, and that's, that's how happened. And that's happened for you. Well, what were you, you know, do you consider it to have been a supernatural, you know, miraculous healing or do you still have that condition 
but it's just that God has taken that weak area and through his power made you strong. What what what, what do you consider it to be? So I consider it to be both. Okay. I consider autism been a real progress for me. And um when I was um 32 years old, my grandpa said to my mom, Ron, or life sometimes overlooks certain people. And my mom said, Ron's time just hasn't aroused or, or come his curious moment that God has for him. At that time, I was single. I didn't have any books. I was working a minimum job. And really with my development, it's been much longer and took in much. I was in 10 speech therapy all the way from age two to age 16. When I was seven years old, my brother Chuck would introduce me to people saying, need me, my brother Ron, I think he's from Norway because he speaks Norwegian. But it, over years of speech therapy, and then also when I started memorizing the Bible, all of a sudden my ability for academics went up incredibly. I started oh, memorizing the Bible in 1994. Before then, my grade point average in high school was 1.8 after memorizing the Bible. I averaged a 3.5 the rest of the time in high school and graduated 2.5. And that's when I entered college. And then from college, I averaged a 3.9 undergrad and then a 4.0 perfect through um, my master's degree. But autism actually has helped me with biblical studies because you have to study Koine Greek. And Koine Greek is a dead language, so you can't learn it phonetically, but only visually. So mm -hmm. being a visual learner with autism, I can't learn anything phonetically. So when I took Koine Greek, I was able to translate two-thirds of the New Testament from Greek into English and be able to comprehend it much better than other people because most people are phonetic learners. We're us on the spectrum. We can't learn phonetically, but only visually. And that's where the speech impairment came in when I was younger. And since then, I've spoken during the last seven years to over 250,000 people. I spoke in everywhere from Madagascar when I was in college, mm -hmm. went on a mission trip there to Israel. So I've gotten to see the world, and God's been able to use my unique gift and open up doors to usher me in the Prince of Great, as Proverbs 18.16 says. I was able to mentor under Dr. Jack Van Impey. Mm -hmm. I was the only person he ever let watch a live taping of his show outside his ministry. And, in fact, he couldn't remember a verse that day, and he, hit his head and he says, I can't remember. And I said, it's Psalms 8, 2, Matthew 21, 16, from the lips of children and infants, you are vain praise. And that's how my life's really been, is that God's taken the lowly things and use them for his glory. And I've had to go through many hardships, but God has used those to strengthen me and then use those to even open up the door for me to go speak in public schools where they took prayer out of the school. They've mm -hmm taking the Bible out of school, but they can't take me out of school because I am a walking Bible. So when I come in there and speak on autism and I'm an expert on autism, they have to let me share my special interest. And since my special interest is Jesus, the Bible, it's more politically incorrect to tell an autistic adult, you can't talk about your interest than it is to let them preach the gospel because that is their interest. So because you have autism, you go into a public school and that's part of your treatment. That's part of your the cure that's happened to you as you meditated on Scripture. They let you share basically the gospel in public schools because of your autism. Is that fair? Yeah. 
And then that and too, I had the first major Americans with Disabilities case for autism in the United States. And that's part of my testimony. So in 1994, I was one of the fastest track runners for the 800 meter relay or for the 800 meter and for the 3200 meter relay. And my relay team made the state finals in 1994 and finished 12th. And the anchor on our relay said next year we'd be the fastest relay for the 3200 in the state of Michigan, but we won't have Ron on the relay team because it'll be past the age limit. And through um, miraculous intervention by God, he brought a lawyer who picked up our case. We end up running and finishing 12th or running the second fast time in the state of Michigan, my senior year. And then that opened the door for me to get a scholarship. But part of the miracle was the day I got water baptized, the preacher looked at me and he said, I saw something. I saw Joel 225. I repaid the years of the locusts, the, the great locusts, the young locusts, the other locusts, the locust swarm. My great army sent among you. He says, there's a locust swarm that ate away from your life. And God's going to give you a message using the the repaying um, of you being able to use your gifts from your disability. And that day on a Sunday, a lawyer called and said, I want to take your case pro bono. And he wow. called at the exact time and left a message that I came out of the water. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's, that's so exciting. You know, the, the term uh, spectrum is used. And, and uh, help, help us understand what does that mean in the area of autism spectrum? What, what are you talking about? So autism is a spectrum. There's very um, different degrees of um, help people need. There's people who are high needs. They may be nonverbal. They may have very difficult time on um, handling their sensory issues, and they may need lifelong care. Then there's people we call lesser needs on the spectrum who are have a savant ability, like my 15,000 Bible verse memorized. And there's people who um, have great ability to for attention to detail on that side who um, invent things that are technology. Hmm. And so it's very different degrees of how much pe- help people need because okay. it's a spectrum autism. There's a saying, um, there's no child who's totally autistic. There's no child who's not all autistic. Even God has his autistic moments. That's why the planet spins. <laughs> so some of the things on that spectrum is sensory issues, um, bright lights or music that's loud mm. or um, certain smells or tastes can cause people with autism to have a meltdown. My kryptonite is nail polish. If my wife uses nail polish, I can smell it a week after it's been applied. I can wow. smell bleach a week after it's applied. So I can't have any bleach or nail polish in my house. My wife, even when we had the poor vortex in 2015, it was 40 below. She was out on the deck putting on the nail polish rather than inside a few snowmen were jealous of her nails well what does it do to you Um, when you when you smell nail polish what does it do to you you say meltdown what does that mean with me now when i was a kid it mean me um being unable to control my emotions screaming banging my head but i've been able to control my meltdowns more now as i grow older it's the same reason we have big boys still as it as we get older our taste buds go down so Mm -hmm. big boys stays 
in existence and with sensory issues, the older you get, the less uh -huh. sensory um, uh, re or reaction you get. Okay. So with me now, it gives me a migraine headache. When I was younger, it would have caused me to run around banging my head, screaming. No kidding. Now, your ability to memorize 22 complete books in the New Testament, is that part of autism or is that just determination on your part? What, what, what do you consider that? It's autism because what I become focused at, I become an expert. At. So I have every verse I have memorized. I have note cards and I have memorized by subjects. And my wow. favorite verse is Psalms 84, 11 through 12. The Lord God is sun shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Oh, Lord Almighty, bless the man who trusts in you. And the reason it's my favorite verse all time is many times people think someone who has autism or a disability, good things have been withheld from. When I was a young child, other kids would be invited to birthday parties, and I wasn't always invited. But God has used my autism for his glory. And the second favorite verse is Romans 8, 28. We know in all things God yes. works them out for those who have have been called according to his purposes. And God has a purpose for me, and that's to bring people in the kingdom for such time as this. And he's used my autism for his glory. And I also like um, John 4, 4, where it says Jesus had to go through Samaria. Josephus says that every poised Jew would go around Samaria, and Jesus had to go for Samaria, and the reason he had to go for Samaria is that's where hurting people were. And that's my ministry is wherever there's hurting people, where there's ever people outside the walls of faith, I go in there and share the gospel. And our public school right now is a very dark place. People don't even know their identity anymore, whether that's male true. or female. That's true. And we can come in there. We can share in Christ. There's a purpose for your life. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, God yep. says, I know the plans I have for you, plans of prosper, plans to give you hope in a future. And to have a future hope, you got to believe that there's God there working on your behalf. That's so good. You know, you, you raised the, in one of, I think, a lot of Christians' favorite verse is Romans 8, 28. But it's very easy if you're born with a condition or, you know, you, you have a some sort of a, a restriction in your life or pain in your life or cancer, whatever it is, to, to say, hey, this isn't good. God doesn't love me and to become bitter and so on. But it sounds like uh, your response is, you know, it's like Joseph's response, you know, to his brothers. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. And yeah. what they did was evil. It was sinful what they did to their brother. But God... Ultimately, not all things are good, but all things ultimately work together for good to those who love him. And that's what you're saying, isn't it, about your autism? Yeah. It's those who love him and have been called according to his purposes. And God has a purpose for all of us. Yeah. We have to connect with him. And that's where the oh, key is. I love that. I really love that. So, uh, so you get such great opportunities then to share the gospel. Obviously, you're an evangelist in a lot of ways. I mean, you have other spiritual giftings, but you love to see people come to faith in Christ. Are you seeing people? Yeah. Are you seeing yeah, people seeing come a to lot Jesus? Of people come. And what I noticed too is the most important thing to people outside the faith yes. is their children. And I come in, I have an answer for autism. So I've seen Muslims come to Christ because they realize they don't know have an answer for this autism or how to educate. And then they hear someone share the gospel, share how God's been able to work in their life and realize that God can do the same thing 
for their kids also. And it opens up the door for many people. In fact, my undergrad degree at Oral Roberts was evangelism was my major in biblical studies. Oh, yeah. Well, I can see it. Now, my wife is an evangelist as well. And I do. I share the gospel as well, but not quite as much as my dear wife. And she just loves to see people come to faith in Christ. She came became a Christian in college. And uh, that's you know, when we met each other as well. And now we have quite a family and they're touching lives all over the country as well. But uh, this is really exciting. So what would you consider your primary mission in life uh, at this point, Ron? So actually, my primary mission is to bring people in the kingdom of God. But the mission way of accomplishing is this. Right now in the United States, only 3% of people with autism are gainfully employed. Only uh-huh. 20% have a job. So my goal in life is to help those people get gainfully employed. There was one young adult, he described autism employment this way. My dad told me to get a job where I'd never get fired for sexual harassment, never get fired for inappropriate comments. So I got the perfect job. I work at a funeral home. All the clients are dead. And a lot of people with autism, they um, lack that social ability. So my goal is to teach those skills. And also what I want to bring about is I want to run as for Congress and be the first autistic congressman. And I want to bring universal health care for people with disabilities. And here's why. Many people with autism, they're not gainfully employed for one reason. We don't have universal health care. So if they get a job, the cost of their health care bills, having autism, digestive issues, many other issues due to autism, their bills can be higher than what they make working full time. And we say autism is a lifelong disability. So lifelong disability, then why don't we give lifelong benefits? And here's what's happening in the United States now. In the 80s and 90s, we imported cheap goods and we eliminated or and we um, we treated um, cheap goods and we export our American lifestyle. Now we're doing something far worse. We import cheap labor and we eliminate our benefits. So a lot of the benefits people are getting at work wouldn't be able to cover the medical costs they have having autism because autism, the average person with autism only lives at 54 years old. So there's a lot of other lining conditions with autism and other disabilities, and our current healthcare system isn't set up for those um, situations. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, my own belief is that um, it's not government's responsibility to take care of the needs of people. That's really the church's responsibility to take care of the poor and the needy among us. But we've kind of relegated that to government. And government's very inefficient and government can't preach the gospel and government can't use tough love. So you and I might have to have a further discussion along those lines, but you know, back in the uh, early 1800s, church was the welfare system in America, and it actually worked. They, they saw many people come to faith in Christ, but again, government can't do that sort of thing. But uh, that is the role. I mean, it's yeah. commanded in Scripture to meet the needs of the of the poor. And we said, no, I'll let government take care of that. But I really think the church could do a lot better job, more efficient job, more yeah. effective job, including what you're talking about, meet the needs of of uh, people that have autism in a, in a more yeah, and one of the way. interesting things you brought out is this is almost every hospital in the United States, you know, mm-hmm. how it began out the church. 
And even That's the land that was used was from the church. But what we've allowed to do is privatization. We've allowed companies to take those mm-hmm. hospitals that once weren't for profit. We've allowed them to buy them and then also buy up more networks. And that's what's creating a lot of the chaos we see today is that without set prices, different insurance can charge different amounts. So a person can get a big bill if they find out they're out of network, especially with autism. They don't have that savviness to know how to check on their health care and everything. Well, let me suggest a book to you and to our, our, our listeners here, a book by a friend of mine, Marvin Olasky. He's a converted Jew. He's a Christian. And the book is called The Tragedy of American Compassion. And uh, he wrote that, and he talks about the history of the welfare movement, how it was in the church, and now it's government, and how it's really causing people to become addicted to governmental handouts, rather than using the skills that God has given them, such as you've been doing, to to to, to you know do well and to work and to do other things. So, yeah. Anyhow, just another another way we can look at that whole issue. So before we uh, we quit this uh, podcast, anything else you'd like to add, Ron? Yeah, so one of my favorite quotes is Charles Spurgeon, by perseverance, a snail made it on the ark. So no matter how slow the development is with someone with autism, if they're heading in the right direction, God's going to be able to use it, and God's going to be able to use it for his glory. Tempest said, there's no creature regardless of apparent insignificance that fails to show us something of God's glory. And we can see God's glory. And like you were saying, the church needs to see these mm. gifts that people have, these talents that people have on the spectrum and use them in the church. Amen. And I remember when I first started out in ministry, my dad told me, don't tell people about your disability, but it's actually in the very area where we're weak, where God is strong and Christ shows his strength among us. Second Corinthians 12, nine. I love that. In fact, I ha- I have that pulled up on my screen here. And it, I mean, it, it's really so counterintuitive, but I love it. So let me close my part here, then I'm, I'm going to ask you to close this in prayer. Uh, you know, Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, um, you know, he gets this thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment him, which by, that by itself is could take some real study. Three times, here's a guy that wrote much of the New Testament. Three times he pleads with the Lord to take it away. And the Lord said, nope, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You say, what? You're, 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 it's made perfect? It, it, don't you mean it just it somehow can survive your weakness? No, no, no. It, it actually, just like you pointed out, by through your weakness, you're able to share the gospel with kids in public school. I mean, that is huge. He goes on to say, therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That's why for Christ's sake, I delight in, listen to what he delights in, weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Whoa, I love that. And you are you are exhibit A for that, my dear brother, Ron. And I thank you for for doing all you're doing and trusting God with a with a joyful heart um, in in all that you're doing, and I, we, we need to be keep praying for you. I'm going to ask my people to keep praying for for Ron Sanderson as he reaches out to so many people with the gospel. I love it, and I love you, brother. It's good to meet you face to face. So, can you close us in prayer? 
Yeah, I love to close us in prayer. God, I just praise you and thank you that you show your glory best through weak men and women because they're weak enough to lean on you. We pray that your Holy Spirit will guide us, direct us. We pray that we'll see people through the eyes of Jesus because when we see people through your eyes, God, we see your grace. We see your mercy. We see your compassion. We just pray that that compassion will compel us with the love of Christ to action and to show your love in tangible, real ways to people with disabilities and that people with autism will realize that they may seem different, but they're not less and that they God can best show his glory using our weaknesses and it will use our weaknesses for your glory, God, and rely on your strength. Being confident in this, that he began a good work in us, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ron. It was great talking with you today. God richly bless you, brother. Oh, thank And I was going to say, um, I speak at churches throughout the United States, all over. If you have any church, um, you'd recommend me contacting. I'd love to come and well, speak. I got a just, great message. And let's give them your, your website. It's uh, spectruminclusion.com. That's one word, spectruminclusion.com. So, and they can connect to you through that website, I assume. Yes? Yeah, and then sanderson456 at hotmail.com. That's the easiest way to contact That would be contact your email, sanderson456 at hotmail.com. Wonderful. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to grandawakening.org. That's grandawakening.org.